A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long teams with a bunch of demons. We believe that human beings are demons. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between I believe you have to know Christ, but God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. <laughs> really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God's by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> and... <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king, who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing. And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples, but we take what he's created and we turn him into idols. I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 16 of The Master's Dog. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. It's been a whole, what, 30 minutes since we've been together. Uh, uh, and So, yeah, we are going to jump into another video. Uh, we are going to talk, look at the most recent episode of Faith and Beliefs from Saints Unscripted. And will be much shorter than the one we just did uh, dealing with Quaku and his crazy theories about aliens and so on and um, atheist thought. So um, with that being said, today David is going to talk about Sons of Perdition. And I've talked about this a few times. Uh, and again, I, I can't refute a whole lot of what he says based on just based on what he, he says. But the issue is, and we'll talk about it at the end, is the difference between what they're saying to you now and what they were saying to me years ago, 25, 30 years ago, um, when I was Mormon and I was leaving Mormonism. So with that, we will jump in and let David tell us about Sons of Perdition.
and forgiveness are huge. All right, guys. So repentance and forgiveness are huge themes in both the Bible and the Book of Mormon. And it's Jesus Christ who makes it possible for us to repent and be forgiven of our sins. But the scriptures also talk about one sin in particular that is so serious that there is simply no coming back from it, an unpardonable sin. So let's talk about it, what the unpardonable sin is, what it is not, and who's even eligible to commit it. In Matthew 12, we read, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Mark 3 says, But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. We read similar verses in Luke 12, Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10, and in the Book of Mormon in Alma 39, 3 Nephi 29, and Mosiah 16. So what does it mean to blaspheme against or deny the Holy Ghost? Well, here's what Joseph Smith said about it. What must a man do to commit the unpardonable sin? He must receive the Holy Ghost, have the heavens opened unto him, and know God, and then sin against him. After a man has sinned against the Holy Ghost, there is no repentance for him. He's got to say that the sun does not shine while he sees it, and he's got to deny Jesus Christ when the heavens have been opened unto him, and to deny the plan of salvation with his eyes open to the truth of it. President Spencer W. Kimball also added that the sin against the Holy Ghost requires such knowledge that it is manifestly impossible for the rank and file to commit such a sin. In other words, you really cannot commit this sin by accident. You can't be tricked into it. You have to have a perfect knowledge of Christ and his mission and then purposefully choose to throw that knowledge in the trash. Now, what okay, is it? So, I guess I will do a little bit of more talking again now he's giving you definitions from mormon leaders of what the unpardonable sin unforgivable unforgivable sin blasphemy against the holy spirit is um to know abs absolutely know the truth and then to deny it and so on this is always how i've de defined it but it obviously becomes because this is what i was taught as a mormon the Bible simply states that blasphemy against the Holy Ghost will not be forgiven. Nowhere does it go in depth on what that looks like, what that is, how we do it. Um, and so, again, I would I would imagine it would require um, and even I don't know. I don't know how one commits that sin. Again, only God would know. I mean, we saw the, you know, the Rational Response Squad years ago. It's been many years, and they've faded off into obscurity. Um, that uh, they had their all kinds of people who were making YouTube videos and so on, saying, you know, I, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit or I, I reject or something, and you know, a lot of blasphemy going on and so on. Um, we don't know. We really don't know what the unpardonable sin is. Um, and obviously, if someone were to commit that, there there's no amount of repentance and God would be justified in not forgiving them. 
but we don't know what it looks like. So now we have, he's given you some LDS definitions of what that looks like. Um, when I was younger, I mean, I, I'd heard these, um, but one of the things and he doesn't mention is I was always told that holding the priesthood and renouncing it, because that would be, if you are a practitioner of the priesthood, they hold the priesthood in such high esteem to hold the priesthood and then to renounce it would make someone a son of perdition. And that was what I was always taught. Um, now, obviously, it looks like I was looking through. Um, I got uh, McConkie's um, Mormon doctrine where it talks about sons of perdition. And again, the sons of perdition in here. Um, let's just give a, a couple of. I should have marked this page again. Uh, preparation, not my strong point. <laughs> um, sons of God, sons of righteousness, sons of perdition. Where did it go? Uh, son of man, son of... P okay, this is son. You got to get to sons of... Uh, apparent. Sons of perdition. Um... who talks about Satan. Those in this life who gain a perfect knowledge of the divinity of the gospel cause, a knowledge that comes only by revelation from the Holy Ghost, and then and who then link themselves with Lucifer and come out in open rebellion, also become sons of perdition. Their destiny following their resurrection is to be cast out with the devil and his angels to inherit the same kingdom in a state where the wor their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Joseph Smith said, All sin shall be forgiven except the sin against the Holy Ghost, for Jesus will save all except the sons of perdition. And so there's a bunch of verses that are quoted. But so my understanding of this, again, knowledge comes from a revelation by the Holy Ghost. So if you held a testimony of the Mormon church that the Holy Spirit, because I did, all the stuff they talk about praying and, and burning in the bosom and all this stuff. I had that. I believed completely and totally that this church was true. I believed that Joseph Smith was a prophet. I believed that at the time when I left, it was Ezra Taft Benson was still alive. And I believed that Ezra Taft Benson was a prophet. Um, and all those in between, I held the priesthood. And then I recognized the the fallaciousness of um, this doctrine and this teaching and this church and I left it and you would you could say by this definition that I now stand in open rebellion to what they consider to be the truth which would make me as and 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 I do I wear it as a badge if if the Mormons are going to consider me a son of perdition I'm I, I will make a t-shirt and put it on there and wear it on Thursday nights when I go out to the temple and preach. Because if you have a false religion that is calling you an uh, infidel, again, it's the the N, which, let's see if we can get that in the camera. Do, 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 see the tattoo there? That's really awkward. Um, so... The, the uh, Arabic letter N, which uh, 
It actually stands for Nazarene. It was marked on the homes of the Christians in Mosul. Um, but it has become a symbol of, I found a lot of people who are not religious in any way who have this, this tattoo who think it stands for infidel. But they are proud to bear the term infidel if it's portrayed on, if it's conveyed upon them by Islam. I, I have no problem being an infidel to Islam and no problem being a son of perdition to Mormonism. Um, and I wear the badge proudly. But as we see, as he gets in and the, the nuances that they do, this teaching has changed. That mean to have perfect knowledge? Well, in the case of the brother of Jared from the Book of Mormon, he isn't described as having a perfect knowledge until he literally saw Jesus. And because very few people have that kind of witness of Jesus Christ, very few people could commit the unpardonable sin even if they wanted to. In Latter-day Saint jargon, Satan and his angels, along with those who commit the unpardonable sin, are known as sons of perdition, hailing back, I think, to John 17, 12. I briefly mentioned the sons of perdition back in an episode about life after death. There's also a tiny group of people who will qualify as sons of perdition, but it doesn't apply to me, you, or most of humanity, so we're skipping that too. And now we've come full circle. After the final judgment, the sons of perdition are cast out into outer darkness forever. As far as we know, they will never have the opportunity to inherit a heavenly kingdom of glory, but we don't know what outer darkness is, where it is, or what it's like. We just know that it's not heaven, and it's not a pleasant place to be. It's like Walmart on a Saturday during a toddler convention. Now, there are some people who speculate on who qualifies as a son of perdition and who does not. A lot of people say Cain is a good example of a son of perdition. Many people throw Judas in the pool as well. But ultimately, God will be the judge. It's probably not a great idea to go around calling people sons of perdition. If you wrote this and you're watching this, you're pretty close to going to hell. That's kind of rude and probably not anywhere close to the truth. If you're worried you've committed the unpardonable sin, remember this. The fact that you're worried you've committed the unpardonable sin is a pretty good indicator that you have not committed the unpardonable sin. I don't think those individuals who have sinned against the Holy Ghost are particularly remorseful about it. They preferred it. Anyway, I know that denying the Holy Ghost might still seem like a pretty vague concept. I wish I could define it in more specific terms for you. I wish I could give you a whole list of sins that qualify as denying the Holy Ghost, but I can't because we just don't have that much information about it. Just keep doing your best to follow Christ and you'll have nothing to worry about. In fact, you could probably do your worst and you still wouldn't have to worry about it, but that's terrible advice, so do your best. Check out our website for more info on this topic and have a great day. So again, here we, we fall into that, the whole thing of there is a workspace. I mean, you just do your best and you can do your worst. And, and here, so we get the, the idea of universalism you can be the worst person. Hitler and Ted Bundy and, and all those guys are going to be in one level of heaven. They're going to inherit a, a kingdom of glory. Um, but again, I will still bear the, uh, the, the, the badge of son of perdition from Mormonism. Because for me, that's a good place to be. Open rebellion against false religion. I'm, I'm good with that. So I will maintain that, um, and uh, even though David seems to, you know,
kind of explain it away and, and nobody, unless you've actually physically seen Jesus. But again, as you look in the Mormon doctrine and stuff like that, there are many people who have uh, proclaimed Cain and Judas to be sons of perdition. Um, it's really not a problem to, to say that somebody's going to hell. Biblically, we have a, you know, Jesus in John 3. Um, we know, everybody knows John three sixteen for all have, uh, for God so loved the world. I almost went to Romans. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But nobody goes on to John three eighteen that says those who do not believe are condemned already. The Bible gives us an idea of who is going to hell and not everybody is going to inherit a, a glory kingdom of heaven. People are going to go to hell. God has made that very clear. Um, I, I believe that, that scripturally it's that there's a lot of people are going to hell. Broad is the path that leads to destruction and many are there who find it. Narrow is the way that lead to life that leads to life and few are there that find it. Yeah. Um, so I believe in a, a, that there's a lot of people going to hell. Um, and a, a smaller group um, that is going to go to heaven. And so, that being said, we can get into, that, that can lead into a whole lot of things, and that, that's a great topic of conversation among the elders in my church. Um, but universalism is, is not a, a, a valid uh, view of, of salvation. Not everybody is going to get to heaven. If you do your worst, um, and again, it's 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 not even based on that. It's based on election by Christ. It's who God chooses. He will have mercy on whom He will have mercy, and He will He will ha- inflict justice on whom He will inflict justice. And so we will see um, just how that how that plays out. But uh, scripturally. And, and so on. We really don't have a lot of an idea about the unpardonable sin. Um, we should be looking at all other sin to begin with. And even if somebody's out there blaspheming the Holy Spirit, uh, if have whatever that looks like, we still need to be preaching the gospel to them, calling them to repentance. Those are people who will not, obviously, scripturally, they will never be given the gift of repentance. They'll never receive that. But we need to focus on those who have not committed that sin and have committed every other sin that, that God will forgive. And thus, as always, we need to preach the gospel at all times and we need to use words because they're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.